Now playing. Why so serious? What is the Matrix? Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Oh, what's in the bar? Like scary movies. What does Marcellus Wallace look like? You talking to me? You talking to me? Movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, good people, and welcome to the podcast, Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. Although this week it's not Movie Reviews in 20 Qs, it's 2018 in 20 Qs. That's right, we're doing an end of year special to break down some of the films that we watched this year, maybe a little bit of what we're looking forward to next year, just some questions about it all round. And, well, I'm joined by my usual co-host, the most gingerest of all the 2018s, Stacey Hurley. How are you, Stacey? I'm great, thanks, Sam. I'm super excited to be here. And why are you so excited to be here? Because at long last, it is the end of 2018. It's been a good year, though, eh? Mm, yeah, it's been. It's been interesting. And making us triumph and return, it's Spanky. How are you, Spanky? Good, thanks. That's all you've got. <laughs> That's pretty much all I've got. That's pretty much all I've got. Man of many, many words. So as I said, we're going to break it down. We're going to go through 2018. We're going to ask a whole bunch of questions about it and all that sort of stuff. Um, but first, before we get into it, Stacey's going to give us a plot. So what's the plot of the year 2018? Are you serious? <laughs> Too many shit movies I didn't want to go to. <laughs> Forced movie watching. Would you agree with that plot, Spanky? Uh, I saw bugger all movies this year, so there was a dearth of, of movies. <laughs> so you're a perfect person to have on this podcast, then, if you haven't seen <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> if you want to hear about superhero movies for the next 40 minutes, ch- just tune in and turn this shit up. Stacey, as a square out of 10,000, how much would you give this year? I would give 2018 about a... 7,150. Shit. What about you, Spanky? 6,000. Like, yeah. maybe flat. Maybe even 5,999. It was pretty underwhelming. Yeah, I'm on there with you. 6,012 out of 10,000. There were a couple of, like, good peaks. Like, a handful of really good movies. But then everything else was mediocre. So damn true. So, yeah, as I said at the start of the podcast, what we're going to do is break down this year by asking 20 questions about it. We start every podcast with a compliment sandwich, and this is no change. We're going to start with a compliment sandwich about the year 2018. And, Stacey, why don't you lead us off? Okay, so my first good thing about 2018 is that there were some really original movies in their category and categories that I don't normally watch. So, for example, um, the two I'm going to pick out, or there's three actually, horror historic movies and kind of indulgent character um, driven movies and the um, the good horror movies that I watched were Redditry and Quiet, A Quiet Place. Nice. A genre that I completely flat out refuse to watch normally and I watched <laughs> those movies and quite liked them and I feel that they were quite original. Um, and in terms of historic movies, I'm going The Darkest Hour. I loved that movie story of Winston Churchill and that blew me away because that's not normally my cup of tea and the other one was First Man an original moon landing movie where we see the surface of the moon as it probably looks in real life which I thought was really cool Um, my indulgent one which I'll talk about later in the um, questions is Bad Times El Royale interesting was uh, like a I was akin to a Quentin Tarantino Film, different style, but really indulgent and interesting and um, wordy and um, lots of characters. And yeah, I loved it. And I love that one because I wasn't forced to go and see it. I 
took myself of my own volition <laughs> and I loved it. Uh, my bad thing about 2018 is that I've already said it before, I was just forced to go and see way too many shit movies this year and I Aww. hated it. We bleed for our art, Stacey Hurley. Hmm. <laughs> and my other good thing is it's almost over and potentially from here on out, I don't need to watch another movie. Yeehaw. Wrong. We've got Aquaman in a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to watch that in 2019. I'm going to wait until after our holidays for that one. Fair enough. What about you, Spanky? They're really pretty backhanded for 2018, unfortunately, but uh, it was always going to be hard following 2017. So that's my first. That's a compliment, <laughs> believe it or not. Then I was going to say, uh, gave me a lot of opportunity to watch television in 2018, <laughs> which I thought the television was great. Uh, and then uh, pretty much can't get much worse. I thought 2018 was almost rock bottom for movies for me. Avengers Affinity War was the shining light for me. So what was your good thing and what was your shit thing and what was your good thing? I'm so confused right now. I'm a little bit confused too. Uh, <laughs> we'll just leave that. Now that's the mood of 2018. The good thing was it couldn't get worse. <laughs> that was a good thing. That was it. That was a good thing. That was literally a compliment. My good thing is, you're right, the comic book movies that came out this year, notwithstanding Aquaman, which we haven't seen yet, were bloody awesome. Black Panther was great. Infinity War was great. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was fucking next level. Bad thing, yeah, there was just no film that really grabbed me by the balls and was just like, I'm going to be a classic. And, and like, usually most years there's about three or four of those that are like, holy shit, this is going to fucking stay with you. And like, sure, I'm a big Marvel nerd and all that sort of shit, and those movies probably will, but there was nothing else. Outside of that, there just seemed to be a bland level of mediocre. The final good thing is that, you're right, we had some character performances that were quite interesting, quite well done and all that sort of shit. And generally, some other, actors and actresses have emerged that actually have quite a bit of a talent and potential that I reckon will take us into the future. I actually think that's a really good thing about 2018. There were a lot of new actors in movies, yes, which is yeah, really totally. cool because you can get into their character rather than being blinded by their celebrity. Yeah, totally. Okay, question two. What is your, I can't believe I paid money for this movie from 2018? <laughs> I can't even remember if I actually paid to go to The, the Predator, but I can't believe I can't believe one of us paid money. I went and watched it with Sam, but it was The Predator. It was probably suitable for going directly to DVD, D- DVD to, to DVD at least, or maybe illegal pirate download with Chinese subtitles would have been all right, or Korean, <laughs> Korean subtitles. You know what I mean? And maybe hit people's heads walking past in the bottom. That That's what that movie deserved, to be honest with you. It probably would have made it a lot more interesting and engaging. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I could have imagined what uh, what the characters meant. For me, it was Mortal Engines. Anyone that listened to our podcast on that recently, I can't believe we went and watched that and paid money for that. Felt duly obligated because it was you know, written by the holy trinity that is Peter Jackson, Philippa Boyens, and Fran Walsh. So yeah. What about you, Stace? Yeah, I agree with you, Sam. It's Mortal Engines. We went to this movie together, and there hasn't been a movie this year where we both looked at each other several times throughout the film and said, should we just leave? There is another one that we did that during, but I don't want to give it away for a later question. Okay. Suicide Squad didn't come out this year, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Stacey's most hated movie. Okay, question number three, Spanky. Your most ridiculous binge of the year, what was it? Not film-related, but it was Daredevil Season 3. It came out at about 8 o'clock at night on a Friday and by Sunday lunchtime I'd watched all 13 hours of it yeah and I didn't see Sam at all that weekend it was great yeah (laughs) I I even like one hour left by the Sunday that was the thing I watched 12 hours in the space of 18 hours so well mine I have a feeling it may be the same as Spanky's not sure but Ozark season 2 was my big binge I think I watched that in the space of a weekend or a couple of nights in a weekend day or something like that 
in winter, I might add, when there wasn't much happening. But yeah, that was a really engaging story, and I just had to find out what happened. Yeah, and you're right, Stace, it was um, Ozark for me as well. I watched both seasons in, in a week in the oh Winter God, Wonderland, that is the, the, the Solomon Islands with the air conditioning <laughs> blaring. But I think it's just sort of apt that this question's more TV orientated because the TV was much better this year. That's yeah. going to be my common theme. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no way in hell you're going to find me binging on a series of movies. I don't believe in uh, sequels or or trilogies or anything like that. So you haven't thought to yourself, hey, let's watch all eight Fast and the Furious movies, one after the other, like the We Watch the Thing Boys Hell did? Hell no, that's torture. <laughs> Police Academy? Oh, actually, maybe Police Academy. <laughs> now that you bring it up. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with this woman? <laughs> when, when do we get to the 80s episodes, babe? No idea. We, we could do a Police Academy kind of whole sequence on our podcast. <laughs> No. (laughs) Takes us on to question number four. What is the most disappointing film that you watched this year? I'm going with Ocean's 8. I was super, super excited about this because Ocean's Eleven was awesome, really clever. Love the ensemble cast thing was full of superstars. And it was about time for a female version of this. But it just didn't cut it. It just wasn't as clever and surprising as the previous as Ocean's Eleven movie. Like I said, I haven't seen the other Ocean's movies, but yeah. It's because Sandra Bullock's no good. She was terrible. Ooh. He was terrible. That's why. That's exactly why. No comment. <laughs> I'm saving myself. <laughs> yeah, I know you're going to talk about this later, Sam, but, um, but for me, yeah, I mean, there were some brilliant actresses in this film. Oh, for me, it was the story that was disappointing. So the movie, I came out going, oh, they could have done something way better with those actresses. Agree. What about you, Spanky? Uh, it's got to be Solo. Not even self-proclaimed, but just straight up Star Wars geek and just felt like Solo missed the mark there. You know, like Chewbacca origin story would be great and all of that sort of stuff and it was just underwhelming really you see i held out no hope on solo when they started changing directors and reshooting the entire film i was like oh fuck this is gonna be shit for me it was deadpool 2 when i went and saw deadpool 2 i was like oh this is really cool and then when i watched it the second time i was like oh no wait a minute this is just the same shit all over again hasn't really branched out and done anything new yeah quite disappointed but where could they really go with that i mean this is my whole point about sequels Okay, what deep philosophical debate arose in <laughs> during 2018? <laughs> that's, no, that's been a lifetime debate for me. Yeah. <laughs> right, question number five. Who was your favourite supporting character of 2018? It was Adam Driver's character in Black Klansman. You know, he'd, he'd get a strong nudge uh, for best actor of the year if he had more work this year. But I really thought that as a foil to Ron Stallworth and Black Klansman, Adam Driver's undercover racist Jew was like, uh, was <laughs> sort of think he um, stole Black Klansman for me. Yep. I always agree with that. Anything Adam Driver does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got a bit of a thing for him, don't you? Yeah. I was tossing up. I've actually got two that are even here. I, I loved Jesse Plemons' character in Game Night. That elevated that movie by a couple of points. Yeah, that was fantastic. Not to uh, forget the his white fluffy dog. Yeah, his little white dog. <laughs> but the, the one for me was Sherry out of Black Panther. She fucking made that film. That film would have otherwise been quite a serious affair. And she was just awesome. And man, I can't wait to see more of her in the MCU. So good to see female characters in those roles. Female actresses, even. (laughs) (laughs) Females? Yeah, females. (laughs) I'm going with a quirky character who I think just blew everyone out of the water in this movie that they starred in. And it was Michelle Williams playing Avery Leclerc in I Feel Pretty. 
Are you serious? Yep, I am, because Michelle Williams is phenomenal, and her character was so quirky and crazy, only she could pull it off. This cloudy rage of hate for that film that's overwhelming me, which is making me blur from the fact that she did an awesome performance. You're right, she was, she was. No one told her she was in a really shit film. She was amazing. She's always amazing. Yeah. It's like looking at a dumpster fire and appreciating the flames. <laughs> yes. Pretty much. Pretty much. Exactly. All right. So uh, try not to, to pick your own moment, but uh, what was your favorite movie reviews in 20Q's moment for 2018? So many. So hard to pick exactly one. Interviewing Greg Sestero and Jackie Van Beek, having never interviewed anyone before's highlights. It's hard to... You know, toss up between those two. Also, all the amazing guests we've had on this year. We've had some amazing, absolutely awesome guests. They've absolutely brought it, have fit in well of the show. There hasn't been one where we've been like, oh, no, we're going to have to get rid of them. You know, that was a bad episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been great. What about you, Stace? I absolutely loved our special 50th episode, Every Movie Ever Reviewed Drunk. Oh, you love that because you got to be judgmental <laughs> of all of us and make us do a shit ton of alcohol. Yes, I loved it. I loved it handing <laughs> out shots to people who, with the worst answers and... I loved seeing you guys all try and pick a movie that I might agree with just to avoid getting the horrible shots that we were handing out. Loved picking on Kahu and making him do more shots than everyone else. <laughs> hey, that was just a coincidence. I was going purely based on the movie. Kahu doesn't believe it was just a coincidence. <laughs> there were so many changes or so many interesting quirks. The whole of the MCU, yeah, and interviews and everything like that. I, I really felt like the number of guests, the new presenters, just every, heaps of new people getting on there. But I'm going to give a shout out to my boy, Machu. Actually, he I think Machu <laughs> took the mantle over of the most tasteless presenter. Um, and <laughs> Dory's going to challenge for that. And I think Dory will, but he just doesn't have the, the numbers under his belt. So I felt like Machu really took the tasteless crown from me this year and he's <laughs> running with it. Another really awesome thing was getting up the iTunes charts here in New Zealand. We cracked the top 100 and then moved up and we were first for a number of weeks. Wow. Over April and... Yeah, yeah, April and May and stuff like that. We're still, I think we're sitting at 70th at the moment, so we're still up there. Must have been the spanky episodes that, like, bumped you, eh? No, it wasn't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, no, but... <laughs> well, that's why you're not there still, obviously. <laughs> 2019, here we come. Yeah. So, next question. What was the biggest waste of a cast in 2018? Righto. So, the movie Tag, which we reviewed earlier this year... Didn't like the movie, but on paper, I was looking at it going, I should really like this. We've got Jeremy Renner, John Hamm, who I love, Ed Helms, who's just a huge comedic genius, Jake Johnson, Isla Fisher, who we know is always whack job in every movie she's in. One of my new um, discoveries, Hannibal Buress from my favorite show, Broad City, and oh, Rashida Jones. She's yeah. always awesome. But yeah, on paper, all really funny people. But for me, it just it didn't really come off. Fair enough. Haven't seen the movie. Don't really know. But sounds yeah. sounds legit. <laughs> Thanks, Manky. <laughs> Mine was a Wes Anderson film that came out this year. Ooh. And it's Isle of Dogs. I'm not saying that the movie was bad. I'm just saying, listen to this. Bill Murray, Jeff Goldblum, Brian Cranston, Scarlett Johansson, Ed Norton, Tilda Swinton, Lee Schreiber, Francis McDormand. And all you get Whoa. is the, that all you get is their voices. That's so much acting talent right there that um, how can it not be a waste to not get them? 
applying their trade in front of the camera. So Isle of Dogs, easily. Biggest waste of a cast, 2018. Yeah, you could do so much with that cast. Like, so many amazing movies. It's true. We never ended up watching that, eh? We actually stopped the TV. No, we actually wanted to review that because we led up to it with the old Grand Budapest. Yeah. Oh, well. well. (laughs) (laughs) I'll admit, I watched it on a plane because I was like, there was nothing else. But watch it, guys. Come on, where's Anderson? Exactly. I think we will. We'll watch it. Yeah, Yeah, eventually. My my one's already been mentioned. It was Ocean's 8. There was a shit ton of decent talent in that, and it just never really went anywhere for me. Uh, similar to what Stacey mentioned before about how during Mortal Engines we looked at each other a couple of times and we were like, should we leave this film? Did we? Yes, we oh. did that during Ocean's 8. No, actually, I think you looked at me and go, he really wants to leave right now, and you were right. <laughs> so that was my one. Watched oh. it on a plane, didn't get a chance to leave either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, next question, Stace. What is your favourite film from another year that you finally got around to watching in 2018? I watched a film this year from last year uh, called The Square, and it's a Swedish-language film, and it had Dominic West and Elizabeth Moss in it, and it's sort of an artsy one, but highly recommend it. Sweet. Mine was Double Indemnity. Me and Stacey sit down and watch classic movies every Sunday, and I really enjoyed this Billy Wilder film. Never seen it. And yeah, I was really glad I did. I've got two and I couldn't separate them. The first one is an absolute classic that I'm sure every movie nerd has seen and Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Yes. Which I loved. It was really cool. And But the other one that I cannot ignore, and it's not going to come up at all during this, the other questions we've got here, and that is Nicolas Cage's Vampire Kiss. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's not even the best part of it. It's just I love the, the final scene where he's running down the road completely delirious in the morning, like he's completely drunk or whacked out on drugs or turning into a vampire or whatever you mean, and asking people to stab him with his stake of wood. It was amazing. And I had a lot of fun on Gidget Von Roo's retro cinema podcast discussing that film. Yeah. Oh my God, I loved it. <laughs> All right. One of the, the burning questions in uh, everyone's mind is, uh, what film from 2018 did you not watch and you're never going to watch? Me and Stacey discussed doing this, reviewing this for the podcast as a bit of a joke, but we decided not to. The Will Arnett film, Show Dogs. For those who aren't familiar with <laughs> uh, like, 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 like. We watched the trailer for it, and it's like Will Arnett, and I think it's the voice of Ludacris or something, and he's playing a dog, and they, they go undercover at a Rottweiler, and they go undercover at a dog show to <laughs> sort out some crime or something. The reviews look abysmal, and yeah, it got pulled from cinemas within days of its release. <laughs> Right. No way in hell. Okay. Also, a special mention to Star is Born because it's Bradley Cooper. (laughs) Woo, burn. Okay, mine's one I refuse to watch, even though you wanted to uh, review it, and I'm never going to watch it. Venom. Oh! I don't even know. I'm fake protesting. Good on yeah, you. Exactly. I don't blame you. I'm putting my foot down. I've got to draw a line in the sand somewhere. <laughs> Your Tom Hardy back catalogue's going to have a big hole in it where Venom oh, was. Boo-hoo. And mine's a Star is Born. Just because Bradley Cooper. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you there, Sam. I'm, I'm with you there. Okay, guys. There's a lot of contenders for this. There's The Meg. There's Mission Impossible Fallout. There's A Wrinkle in Time. There's partly Avengers Infinity War. Don't know if you really count that from the Weta Cinema. But what do you guys reckon? What was the best film that was wholly or partially shot in New Zealand this year? Well, I'm going one better. I'm going with a movie that was written by 
directed by starring and shot in New- starring Kiwis and New Zealanders. Same thing, just for people who don't know. Um, and completely shot in New Zealand. And that is The Breaker Uppers. Uh, what have you got, Spanky? And that is The Breaker Uppers. And that is The Breaker Uppers. <laughs> <laughs> we are unanimous on that one. Next question. <laughs> yeah, partially shot in New Zealand. Bugger off. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even close for me. Mission Impossible sucks. There's no way I'm going to watch The Meg. Oh, there's another, <laughs> another one. Yeah. And I never watched Wrinkle in Time, and yeah. can't really count Avengers. All they did was create, yeah, CGI. Yeah, they, CGI'd they did the CGI. Bold, that's CGI. right. Yeah. Created, yeah, but the thing is, we should is probably features in every movie that we watch. Yeah, yeah, that's true. the thing. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah. And question eleven: Who is your favorite actress of twenty eighteen? Banky. Joint first, and I'm gonna get. I'm getting uh, controversy here, and it's maybe not so much because of their work in movies, but they did do movies. So it's Zazie Beetz and Tandy Newton. Zazie Beetz's um, Domino was sassy and cool, and she her character in Atlanta was awesome as well. Um, Tandy Newton, more controversial. Her solo character was pretty average, but her Westworld character was was off the hook good. Nice. Two people who I don't really know that well. Fair enough. Uh, she won the Oscar this year, and Three Billboards Outside Emmy, Missouri came out in New Zealand in 2018. Technically came out in America in 2017, but I'm still counting it. Yeah, definitely Frances McDormand. I loved her in that movie. She was awesome. Mm, she smashed it out of the park there. I'm going with someone who I've only seen in one performance ever in a supporting character in a movie that I watched earlier this year, and that is Cynthia Irino from Bad Times at El Royale. She Ooh. played Darlene Sweet. Her singing in that movie is phenomenal, and it's not kitsch or like cringy or anything like that. She's it's just it makes the whole entire movie, to be honest, and it's not a movie about music. Nice. So there you go. Go watch it, guys. She's um, getting quite a bit of hype, actually. Totally deserves it. And I, I want to see her in more films, to be honest. Nice, nice. All right. And we all know that you love them. So uh, favorite Nick Cage performance of 2018? Stacey's mentioned Vampire's Kiss, and it's hard to top that, having watched it this year. But I'm going to go over a film of his that actually came out this year, which was Mandy. Nick Cage oh. proved... Yeah, one <laughs> film that Stacey wouldn't finish. But it proved, if anything, that Nick Cage still has some acting abilities. Even if you don't like the film, even if you're not into weird cults abducting people and feeding them with acid that comes out of giant bees, it's still a good film. It's still a good performance by him. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What? (laughs) You should have watched the whole thing, Stacey. No, thanks. No, that's going in my never going to watch basket. (laughs) I've got one. It's a film we watched last weekend. It's just come out. This animated Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Nice. There's an awesome character played by Nick Cage in this. He's like a a noir Spider-Man, like film noir Spider-Man. In fact, his name is Spider-Man Noir. Oh, there you go. Wow. (laughs) And so he wanders around with his little hat on and trench coat and he's in black and white and everyone's in colour. And he has some brilliant one-liners in that film. Yeah. It's probably better writing than anything, but I didn't have to look at Nick Cage, but I still got some of that funniness, you know, comic stuff from him. So, yeah, it was good. Um, And I didn't see any Nick Cage this year, (laughs) apart from the... Get the fuck out of our pub. Apart from the the YouTube Vampire's Kiss ABC stuff and whatever else uh, Sam uh, showed me on the Nick Cage front. (laughs) That's awesome. Next question. Which film from this year will you probably watch again in the future? For me, this is easy. It's the movie we reviewed last week, and that is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Really? Yep. Because it didn't come out this year, but we watched it, and 
one of the key themes was that it's one of those ones you do need to watch a few times, like to just get into the swing of it because it's a musical, a lot going on. Once you know what the songs are and what's going on, you can kind of really get into it and enjoy it. Fair enough. What about you, Smeggy? It'll just be the standard rewatch of Avengers Infinity War yeah. um, before Endgame comes out. That's probably the easiest one. Yeah, I'm there with you. I've already watched it six times this year. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I've watched it six times. I've watched Black Panther probably four or five times. I've watched Avengers Infinity War six times. Twice at the movies, four times at home. Yeah. Do you have anything else to do with your life? <laughs> No, obviously. <laughs> we do movie podcasts. We might like movies. How much I love Marvel? Of course I don't. What's better than sitting down for two and a half hours and watching some of your favourite characters die? Well, <laughs> lots of things. But anyway, moving right along. Question number 14. I'm getting both the favourite um, favorite questions this year. Who's your favourite actor of 2018? Oh, that's easy. Um, it seemed like it was his year this year. Josh Brolin was Cable in Deadpool 2. He was Thanos in Avengers Infinity War. Uh, and he was also CIA guy number three in uh, Sicario. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know his character's name. I didn't do my research well enough. But to me, it felt like the year of Josh Brolin. And I think he nailed Thanos and think he nailed Cable as well. I am going to use this chance to touch on something that I haven't discussed on our podcast yet. Oh, okay. Which is that my favorite actor this year was the now dearly departed Stanley, the guy that created all of our favorite Marvel characters. Well, most of our favorite Marvel characters. Yeah, it was really sad. It was sad to see him go. And then his final touching moment in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse for his last camera that we know of. He potentially has already filmed a couple of other ones. But just to end on that was just the moment where I was like, oh, it really has happened. You have departed us. Oh, yeah, I agree. That was really touching. It was, even though it's animated, it was like surprising to see him in that movie. If you know what I mean? It's like, oh, Stanley. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, animated. (laughs) He could be in a million more animated movies, but yeah, it was somehow it was really touching. Okay, guys, I'm going with my old favorite, John Hamm, coming out of. uh, Roast pork. Yeah, coming, coming out of. Mad Men being fixed in that Don Draper character for so long. He's really come out and been in a lot of awesome movies. Last year it was Baby Driver, which made me go, yay, he's back. And he only did a few movies this year, but he was in Tag, which I've already mentioned, a waste of his time, basically. Wow. And uh, the other one was Bad Times at the El Royale. Nice, nice. So it seems apt that I get the get this question because my theme has been uh, television has been far superior to movies in 2018. So what's the best TV series 2018? Better Call Saul. I don't know why. Season, I, what is it, three four. or four? Yeah, yeah. season four they're up to. We we had never well I'd seen the first season but I don't know what Stacey'd watched but we binge watched two three and four over the space of a couple of weeks and it's just amazing I don't know why I identify with this shyster lawyer dude who just <laughs> does the most devious ways to get what he wants I just I don't know why I identify with him but oh I, I don't I just, know either no it's just it's bizarre it's weird the amount I've got in common with him but I just love him he's a well written role all the other roles in there as well like Mike etc are just amazing yeah it's just a really good show not as good as Breaking Bad but nothing will ever will be I don't think but it's still really good yeah I totally agree yep Bob Odenkirk he's yeah. he's such a cool guy isn't he so for me I watched this year The Handmaid's Tale season two and that blew me away because a i love margaret atwood i loved the first season but to be honest i haven't read the handmaid's tale book and at the end of season one i kind of thought hmm where can they really go from here because they'd rounded out the story really nicely but boy oh boy did they take this to places that you've never even imagined
legend. And it was beautifully, beautifully shot. A pleasure to watch. The story in each episode was crafted like an individual movie. Like you could watch an episode and go, wow, that was interesting. And every single episode, something amazing happened at the end. Like, boom, something something nuts. Yeah, something nuts out of nowhere. And it's up there with Breaking Bad for me. Like, really cleverly written, really intertwined, winding stories and all of that kind of thing. Cool. And the final... Oh my god! You guys just have to watch this. The final. Hand. No spoilers. Yes. I'm not yes, gonna. Yes. I'm not gonna say anything. Sounds good. So um, I'm gonna go with something uh, gratuitous sci-fi. And look, hey, there's been heaps of awesome TV this year. Westworld two, Maniac was good as well. Didn't expect much from that, but something that came totally out of left field for me, and it was one of those Netflix suggestors, Altered Carbon. And oh, yeah, yeah, just sort of gratuitous violence and sci-fi and Blade Runner esque themes. Yeah, I'm a sci-fi lover, and I I, I really enjoyed Altered Carbon. Cool. Moving on to the next question. What was your most surprisingly enjoyable film of 2018? So something that you probably wouldn't normally have watched or maybe you heard was going to be shit and you really enjoyed it. This movie made me so happy when I watched it. And I don't know why. It was a complete shock to me because I don't particularly know anything about this person and I don't particularly like really musical movies. It was Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, wow. It blew me away. Mr. Old Mr. What's his name? Mr. iRobot or no, Mr. Robot. (laughs) Mr. Robot totally breaking out and doing an amazing, amazing performance. And I don't know why, but I really just love seeing on the big screen a live concert at Wembley Stadium. Felt like I was there at the end of the songs. I almost started clapping and cheering. It was was so cool. The YouTube video where they compare the scene from the movie with the scene, the, the actual footage from Wembley oh, really? is exactly the same. Yeah, it felt like it, eh? It just felt like, whoa, yeah. you were there. It was so cool. Nice. What about you, Smanky? Ready Player One. Definitely Ready Player One. And just because I liked it that much. Book was great too, but Ready Player One, all of the, the fanboy pop culture references and, once again, sci-fi love. Cool. For me, it was... Coming off the back of La La Land, I really had fallen out with Ryan Gosling and Damien Chazelle, but (laughs) holy shit, First Man was awesome. Interesting. It was stunning visually, and it was really well acted and performed. You know, how accurate he is to Neil Armstrong, you know, being that aloof and emotionally distant, I've got no idea. But it was really understated in its majesty. Majestic. <laughs> really understated Majestical. in its majesty. Majestical. 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 It was very much like presentation of here, here's how things actually were. And rather than, you know, many other movies would just show you the outside of the spaceship and getting there and, you know, intense close-ups and shit like that. It actually put you in his shoes, which for me was like really surprising. I've never seen a, like a biopic like this was actually put you into the character and made you go, holy fucking shit. This is actually way more terrifying than it sounds. Mm, yeah. 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 That was fascinating. All right, guys. I can't wait to hear your answers for this. Question 17. What were your biggest WTF moments? <laughs> Also known as what the fuck moments in film in 2018. Real easy for me because just straight away, I'm pretty sure I looked at Sam when this happened. It's the the Lando robot fetish thing theme in Solo. It was like, what? Like, Yeah, that was bizarre. It was bizarre. Like, oh man, it was just alluding to the... F- and the, the robot alluding to the fact that Lando was his lo- oh, lover type of... Like, oh man, it was just like weird. It was just weird. <laughs> the moment for me that was the most what the fuck moment was when the little girl died in Hereditary. 
I didn't see that coming. I thought she was going to be the, you know, devil spawn, the antichrist or whatever. And then your bloody fucking head comes off. I did not <laughs> see that coming whatsoever. That was just such a bizarre way to die in the middle of an open highway with nothing around except for a couple of lampposts. Yeah. And that's what she hits. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, it was a massive twist in a film that was pretty slow plotting up until that point. And then it just hit you like a fucking punch to the guts, eh? Yeah. I had a couple in The Black Klansman, and we talked about this. There was a lot going on in there, like kind of bubbling under the surface. But for me, it was kind of a cool comedic what the fuck was when Ron Stallworth goes ahead and boldly asks for a selfie with David Duke. Yeah, that was crazy. So the black guy asking the head of the KKK, hey, can I take a photo with you? Yeah, that was awesome. I gets the bro hug on. He gets the bro hug on as well, you know? My boys. Yeah, don't you, what'd you fucking touch me for? Yeah, it's just, it just, there was so much symbolism in that. It was incredible. So I'm moving on to question number 18, 18 uh, your most enjoyable theatre experience of uh, 2018. So I drove two and a half hours up to Auckland for a special preview screening of the film Upgrade. Now, what made this even more special was it was in the Hollywood Avalon, which is like an old school Hollywood style theatre up in Auckland. And we got there an hour beforehand and they were playing trailers from other similar themed movies. So we had trailers for stuff like Robocop and other sort of sci-fi thrillers from the 80s and stuff like that. It was awesome. It absolutely set the mood. And then the film just delivered. I was absolutely primed up, ready to go, and yeah, just unleashed. Yeah, this is a tough question for me to answer because there was just a dearth of bland cinema-going experiences. Nothing interesting happened. We didn't go to interesting theatres or anything like that. So I'm going to go with A Quiet Place, seeing that in the theatres. Oh, nice. It was really interesting being in a silent room with a whole heap of people rustling their popcorn and stuff like that and having... Uh, I don't know what it was next door, like Avengers or something. Ready Player One. Oh, Ready Player One in the theatres next door. So it's really loud, really silent in this room. Nothing's happening on screen, you know, nothing's coming from the screen. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. I've never been to a movie like that. The funniest part was when you started prematurely shushing me. Well, I put yeah. my hand into the popcorn box, start <laughs> slowly receding it up to my mouth. I'm not even eating it yet. <laughs> yeah, I can't hear the sound that's not coming from the screen. <laughs> yeah, but it loses the impact. It lessens the impact. You need to wait for a noisy bit and then shovel the popcorn in your yeah. mouth and then... <laughs> Just hoover it back. Right, so I did have a theatre experience this year and a live screening of The Room. Yelling, oh. yell, yelling, shut the door, and throwing spoons, and, oh, nice. and all of that. It was traumatic as well, because we had some teenage boys behind us who uh, kept, uh, well, obviously it's a, a sexual masterpiece, so they, it was quite exciting for, for 14-year-old <laughs> boys to be yelling at Tommy's butt and, and all sorts of stuff like that. So if I can recommend one thing, get out and see the room live and go and throw some spoons. Not to do it, I haven't done that yet, but man, do I want to. <laughs> Yeah, that would be fun. Cool. And on to our second to last question. What was your favourite film of 2018? Favourite film of 2018 was one that just kicked the year off for us. I think it's the first movie we watched this year and it came out in New Zealand this year. It was Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, nice. Good good pick. Mine one's easy. Marvel fanboy. Avengers Affinity War. We've been waiting for that film and to see all of those characters on the same screen finally get a decent taste of the big bad that they've been building for almost 10 years. So nice. Uh, that was definitely on my, you know, top five sort of thing. I'm, yeah, just to branch out and be a little bit different. My other favorite film this year was Annihilation. The 
pretty much all female version of the Predator, where five women go in to stop this alien force. And but it's so much more bizarre and nuanced. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I loved about this. There was so much more about it that afterwards you were like, "What the fuck just happened?" And you know, I was rushing to internet bloody forums and videos and shit like that to try and figure it out. And I love a movie when it does that, when it gets you beyond just uh, two hours of you know detachment from the real world, when it actually makes you go, "Okay, I need to go out and figure out more about this." That's what I love about the film. And that was that was it. And what was what else was cool about that is again, that was just a it popped up on Netflix. Oh, okay, let's watch this. Yeah. There was no like preamble. No one had ever seen a trailer about it. No one even knew it was coming out. And then boom. Cool. And Stacey, do you get the last question? Yes, I do. Okay, guys, now let's turn our attention to next year, twenty nineteen. What is your most anticipated film coming out next year? Always anticipate Tarantino films. Always, always, always. And um, next year's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is the ninth film by Quentin Tarantino. And it's just, yeah, I just always look forward to Tarantino films. And What's it about? It's about people trying to make it in Hollywood. That's oh. um, It's like a, a Hollywood. It's actually set in Hollywood and it is... Yeah. So it's the foil to La La Land. <laughs> it's, 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 it's set around the same time as the Charles Manson murders. Oh. So like in the late yeah. 60s, early 70s sort of thing. So Okay. My most anticipated film of 2019 is from a director whose films just keep getting better and better and better. And he's always been a little bit quirky, but this one looks like it's going to be the most quirkiest. And that is Taika Waititi's Jojo Rabbit. What? what? What's it about? So it is set in the, and I think it's in 1940, and it's about a young German boy, and Taika Waititi's in it playing an imaginary version of Adolf Hitler. <laughs> the Maori Hitler. As Taika has basically said, what better way to honour Adolf Hitler's memory by a half-Jewish, half Mouldy person playing him? <laughs> <laughs> true, too true. It looks bizarre. I haven't seen a trailer yet or anything. I know ScarJo's in it as well. And yeah, I just, oh, and Sam Rockwell. So yeah, really excited about that. Yeah, that sounds pretty bloody bizarre, all right? And again, who is that movie for? Yes, me. <laughs> Absolutely for me. We've watched a couple of movies this year. We're like, who's the audience here? Yeah. Um, but that's always good. Okay, guys, I'm going with a movie based on a novel that I read about. Oh, four or five years ago and absolutely loved. I loved the book so much. I couldn't read another book for about six months afterwards because I just wanted to percolate in what it was. The Joy of Sex. No. Kama the Sutra. <laughs> it was Donna Tartt's The Goldfinch. Ooh, yeah. haven't heard of this. Yeah. I'm likely to be disappointed because, you know, books to movies. But, hey, uh, the cast looks really cool. We've got a good old Ansel Egort from... Oh, no. <laughs> Baby driver. Baby driver. We loved him. What are you talking? What are you saying? Oh no, he's perfect for the character he's playing. Also, oh, what's her name? Uh, got you know Nicole Kidman. Me, not too sure. But Kidnam. Sarah Paulson. Oh yeah, I love Sarah Paulson. Who, who you love? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Willa Fitzgerald. Have you heard of her? No. I don't know, but she looks gorgeous. Luke Wilson, who I also like, and a, cast, a couple of other newbies. And so it just looks like it could be really interesting. Cool. And that takes us down to the end of the podcast. Thank you, everyone that's joined us this year that's new and listened to our podcast. And thank you to everyone else that's, you know, been with us since the start. There's been a few of you, and we very much appreciate it. Another big thanks to all our Patreons. Uh, you know, special shout-out to Emily Higgins and Phil Joynson, who are our premier Patreons, and put a question in our usual show every week. Another big shout-out to another very special Patreon of ours, Tara Maholic, who actually sent us not one, but two Christmas presents, which were boxes full of American food. And this podcast has been powered by those 
those candy because I've got it fucking coursing through my veins. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's made me very edgy <laughs> and ready to jump out of my seat with excitement. Thank you very again, Tara. It's been amazing. Also, who else we've got to thank, Stace? We've got to thank all of our guests that have been on. Yes, we do. Can we remember them all? We had so many. Do yeah. you want me to name them or are we just doing yeah, generic? I'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, internationally, there's like Jandro from his own, from here, there, and everywhere. Ash from Let's Rewatch. We also had Gidget Von LaRue uh, from the Retro Cinema Podcast. Paul from Countdown Podcast. Topher and Billy from We Watch the Thing. And Dan from IMDb Journey. Emily Higgins from the Tasteless Podcast. <laughs> and Emily Higgins from the Tasteless Podcast. There we go. How can I forget the person we just had on like literally a week ago? Holy shit. <laughs> She's still fresh in our mind. Me. Yeah, still fresh in our mind. Yeah. And thank you to all of my friends friends in that have come on the show this year and done a really good job of helping me out you know we don't do this for love or money well we do it for love we don't do it for money so <laughs> so it's been great and a big thank you to stacy as well for putting up with me having furious rages <laughs> at her when i can't edit something and need to get it out Woo, Stacey! Yay! Yay! Woo! Woohoo! <laughs> but before we leave stacy how can people get a hold of us Best place to find us is on Twitter, yeah, Movie Reviews In, or on Facebook at Movie Reviews In 20 Qs, or email us on Gmail at MRITQS, <laughs> MRITQS at gmail.com. And just search for us in any of your like podcast players. We're yes. hosted on Podbean. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere. So just search for Movie Reviews In 20 Qs. That's correct. And yeah, it's another thank you again. But like everyone that tweets us or writes to us or shares us and all that sort of stuff, a lot of this podcast feels like you're just screaming into the void. So every time we get a tweet or a message about the show telling us how wrong we were, how right we were, anything, it just, um, you know, sort of validates our existence in a lot of ways. Yeah, it makes it more fun. And we it love, does. love, love having the um, fan answers for questions. They're yeah. so funny and interesting and things that we wouldn't pick sometimes. They totally blow us away every time. It's always stuff that we're like, shit, why don't we think of that? But, uh, and Jack the Bear. Yeah, Jack the Bear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's the end for us. We will be back in probably about a month. Don't know what we're going to start off on. Probably Aquaman or something like that, eh? Yeah. Might as well start the year with a... Mediocre bang. <laughs> so yeah, thanks Banky, thanks Stacey. Cheers. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, guys. And good night. <laughs>